The petite young woman grabbed onto the handrail for dear life. It was late, well past eleven o'clock on this warm midsummer night. Since both elevators were out of service, she was forced to descend this long stairway in the Abbess metro station. With her weak legs it was a challenge, for they couldn't carry her full weight. Her crutches were useless on these steep stairs. She held onto the rail with both hands, trying not to lose her crutches in the process. Starting down, she began to shake from sheer frustration, yet even without the elevators this remained her best option for getting home. It wasn't in her nature to complain about, or even acknowledge her limitations, her infirmity. Her pride prevented her from seeking help. She remained determined to lead an independent life, getting around on her own. But that conviction didn't make these stairs any easier. Up on the street, John had just said goodbye to his friend Robert. It was Robert's last night in Paris, so it had been a farewell celebration. Now in his early thirties, this tall, handsome American was no longer a kid, but like a kid he practically skipped into the station and began taking the steps two at a time. On the way down, he couldn't help noticing the young woman struggling. Then, just as John passed, she gave out a scream as she started falling forward. She had lost her grip on the handrail, and in the process had dropped both crutches. Horrified, she tried to brace for the long fall, both hands stretched out in front. Instinctively, John crossed over and grabbed for her. This all happened in a split second, though strangely, as often reported, it seemed in slow motion. John managed to catch her arm before she made what would have been a fatal plunge head over heels down the long stairway. In the process, he also lost his balance. Luckily, he managed to sit, bouncing down the steps on his bottom, still holding on to the woman, pulling her towards him for a better grip. Eventually, he managed to stop by leaning back, pulling her with him. The shift in weight did the trick. To an observer, if there had been one at this late hour, it would have appeared an awkward act of rescue, but successful nonetheless. Realising this stranger had saved her, she spoke an emotional, Merci, merci. He replied, You're welcome. John only knew enough French to order a meal in a restaurant and talk a little with shopkeepers, but in difficult situations, like right now, his limited French forgotten, he reverted to English. He assumed she was French. Her merci certainly had a French accent. Even with a girlfriend in London, he usually studied the women around him, especially during these summer months when women wore less, revealing more. He hadn't had the time to consider this woman, but just in the moment when she turned and thanked him, John noticed her wonderful dark eyes, eyes one could fall in love with. He remembered a saying, the eyes are the window to the soul. He wasn't sure, but guessed Shakespeare. John now knew what that meant. Hoping she spoke some English, he asked, Do you think anything's broken? The woman seemed to understand. After taking a moment, she replied, No, nothing broken, I think. John felt a wave of relief, no broken bones, and she spoke some English. Let me help you up. I'll take you to the hospital. You're bleeding. She responded with a quiet, Merci. John couldn't tell if she understood all of what he said, but she didn't resist as he lifted her to her feet. She was as light as a feather, and John adjusted to what he perceived a fragile body, slowing down to be gentler. Once up, she clung to the handrail with one hand, while John continued to hold on to her other arm with a tender grip. He didn't want to use too much force, but he also didn't want to risk her getting away from him. In this manner, they slowly proceeded down the stairs. They were both in considerable pain, with every step taken gingerly, accompanied by little whimpers. As a distraction, John introduced himself in French. Je m'appelle John, to which she replied haltingly, My name is Michel. John paused for a moment so they could rest. He took the opportunity to look at her. Once again, he fell under the spell of her eyes, but managed to respond, Pleased to meet you, Michel.
The absurdity of this formal introduction caused them to laugh, relieving the pain, if only for a moment. Finally reaching the bottom, they made it to a row of empty seats where they carefully sat down to wait. John reassured her, I'll take you to Hôpital Laurie Roisière, near Gare du Nord. It's the closest. Michelle nodded in agreement. It was obvious her injuries were serious as she sat in silence, bravely fighting to hold back tears, but soon they began to fall. She wiped them away on a sleeve. John quickly handed her a neatly folded handkerchief. It had been drilled into him by his old school father that a gentleman always carries a handkerchief for such occasions. John felt helpless to comfort her. What he most desired was to again look into her eyes and confirm this new and wonderful feeling, for he felt he was falling in love with her. No, he corrected his thought. It was that very first time he looked into her eyes that he fell deeply and hopelessly in love. 